Welcome to the official Brandon Ritchie Substack Podcast episode. Today's date is March 23rd, 2023. And if you're joining the show for the first time, welcome aboard. If you're tuning in and you're a regular listener, thank you for returning. And I think today's uh, episode is going to hopefully intrigue you once again. I like, I like to use that word. I like to try to put content up to kind of stimulate the mind, get us thinking, get us active, get us in the, in the, into the realm of ideas so that we can help to contribute by our own actions to solve the world's problems. <laughs> so uh, with that being said, if you are tuning in for the first time, uh, the purpose of this podcast, the purpose of this blog is to serve as a map for helping you and those around you to be a zenith during chaotic times. And that word zenith means that I want you at your peak. It's a top, the tip top, a tip top shape to have you in an optimal condition in order to uh, survive and thrive in your environment. Uh, and this thing about the environment, this is a key element. I always often hear people talk about how they want to just focus on their business focus on their careers and th- those are those are positive things however uh, I believe it's important to not just limit your focus to just your career because the environment that allows your career to thrive is what really controls what can or can't happen to you and so this environment is ever changing it changes in in the landscape of government it changes throughout the landscape of finance it changes throughout the landscape of of medical and uh different different developments throughout our society it's an ever changing landscape and so this is this is the point of this show and the re, the way i go about doing this is is trying to help people uh, to by bringing understanding to the lived human experience. And the lived human experience, in my best estimation, is documented. It's documented through history, philosophy. It's documented in everyday life, through geopolitical, the geopolitical landscape, through culture, uh, business. And, of course, the central component to my background is a working professional, health and fitness. And that is the motivation of this podcast in this blog. And so with that being said, if you are tuning in for the first time, please make sure that you subscribe at brandonritchie.substack.com. There on the Substack, you you can also uh, subscribe as a free subscriber. But if you scroll down below the fold there, if you're looking at the article or looking at the show notes, you can also subscribe, uh, become a paid subscriber to support the show. And this is something new. I haven't uh, promoted that much, but it is something that will help uh, to to continue to grow this show, to continue to, to, it's a way you can lend your support if you believe in the message and you believe in an alternative platform and want to flood the flood the zone with alternative media and i think that's also very important today as centralized authority seems to be really the uh, the the uh, root of a lot of our problems here in society uh, with that being said you can also uh, tune in on spotify stitcher 
uh, Apple Podcasts. Sorry, got tripped up there. Apple Podcasts. I'm on a number of other platforms there. If you're listening on Spotify, please give it a follow. And if you want to lend your support for the show, take about two seconds and uh, hit the five-star rating as that will push the show into the top of the algorithms and get more exposure so that we can help other people to be a zenith during chaotic times in that way. So today's article is, rather, today's episode is going to be an audio article readout. I've been doing a few of these lately. I I have been lacking a little bit on getting some guests on. Part of that has to do with my life schedule. Uh, The other part of it has to do with... um, I've had some things just hit my my mind and that I want to communicate. So I've been pushing these articles out and getting these article readouts out as there's certain um, certain things that hit hit me, and I just want to be able to get that creative that creativity down and get it out into the the atmosphere so that you can take these things and and push these push these ideas out yourself and take them into your own life and apply them directly. So with that, I want to talk today about The Art of Deception, which is the title of today's article. Preface. Quote, The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Charles Baudelaire. Quote, the second greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he is the good guy, end quote. Ken Ami. Human nature seems to be an element of reality that most humans have seemingly failed to learn about, or at least have chosen to forget about. I'll expand on this discussion on the manipulation of human nature in other ways here later into this episode, but for now I'll give you some examples of how human nature can be taken advantage of here. Speaking of which, here's a question for you to ponder. How odd is it that an entire species at large is unaware of its own inherent nature and selfish motivations, so much so that this species not only gravitates towards self-extinction, but by and large will even pay to finance it? Talk about insanity. Here's another question for you to consider. What is the single biggest mistake that people make when major problems arise in society? I would say that people forget to acknowledge that one of the fundamental traits that is inherent within the nature of all people is the desire of people to seek and pursue their own self-interest. It is my personal view that the lack of understanding of this very thing is one of the main reasons we witness so many people that lack the ability to discern truth from fiction when it comes to certain scenarios in our modern-day society. I'm always baffled when politicians, media, and Hollywood actors go out in front of people and continuously scream about certain political issues to the point that such issues grow into these massive financial burdens on society that become so big that the movements reach a global scale. One such example of a movement is is the so-called environmental climate change hoax, Yet, when one of the biggest environmental disasters ever witnessed in the United States with the likes of the East Palestine-Ohio incident occurs, none of the loudest proponents of the climate change movement are anywhere to be seen or even heard for that matter. After all, have you seen or heard any statement on the East Palestine-Ohio incident from the likes of Al Gore 
or Greta Thunberg? I'm asking honestly, have you seen or heard anything from these people who have made their names and faces the central brand of the climate change and environmental movement? I guess I should confess that I'm really not baffled because I know what the real motivation is behind the media, Hollywood, and these politicians that get behind certain large political movements such as this. They get behind such movements because such movements simply provide them with power and money because they get to take advantage of the graft involved in the politics of money. After all, it was former White House Chief of Staff of the Obama administration, Rahm Emanuel, that said, quote, you never want a serious crisis to go to waste, end quote. And they do this by implementing the following three-point point plan involving problem, reaction, and solution. Number one, the problem. The crisis that is offered, which is sometimes natural and sometimes manufactured. The reaction. Society's reaction to the problem. Number three, the solution. The solution that the crooks offer in order to benefit from the graft in the politics of money. After all, when the government implements a plan, that plan only furthers the size and scope of the federal government, which further increases the government's authoritative power over the citizenry. How do I know this? It's easy. You see, the government doesn't create wealth. It only consumes wealth. Therefore, in order for any plan to be put into action, this means the government needs more money in order to do so. Therefore, this money is acquired from people like you and me in one form or another through the cloak of bureaucracy and taxation. If you're still not convinced, then look at the reality of how this seemingly endless printing of money by the Federal Reserve certainly hasn't led to more wealth creation for society, hence the 40-year record high inflation, the collapse of capital markets, ongoing banking failures, see Silicon Valley Bank, the theft of your money from the bailouts of these banks that follow, and societal instability at large. You see, this is part of the deception of government. Ah, now that's an interesting word, deception. Deception is defined as an act or statement that hides the truth, misleads, promotes a certain belief or concept, and is something that flat out isn't true, but is sold as and is insinuated as being the truth. Deception is in effect sold as something that sounds like a good idea on the surface, but as the old saying goes, the devil is in the details. This is true for everything. Heading. How media and society's criticisms seldom involve the actual source. One of the most common themes I've observed over the years when it comes to people that criticize other people is that more often than not, critics always draw their conclusions about a topic based on what they heard or read from a third party. When it comes to the legacy media, this is done on a daily basis. To clarify my point here, you must first understand that the legacy media is all about narrative, and when it comes to shaping a narrative, it's all about presenting only a portion of information while neglecting to present the rest of a piece of information in order to provide you with the whole story. Keep in mind, this is exactly how propaganda works. It's not always about what is said, but the real power of propaganda is more often about what is not said when it comes to the reporting of a story. It's this total understanding by the media combined with the lack of this understanding by the general public that makes the art of deception an effective and easy plan to employ. So what do I mean about reading or hearing something from a third party? As an example, let's say for the sake of argument that a well-known legacy media personality 
wanted to take aim and criticize this very podcast and blog. For some perspective, let's say that a propagandist from the legacy media grabbed the prevailing message from this episode involving deception and went on air to tell you, the listener, that I was spreading disinformation about the legacy media or even a specific episode for that matter. Keep in mind that they may even selectively grab a few lines of this article and episode to play or read out when doing the reporting. One such line may be the line you read three paragraphs prior to this one where I say the legacy media is all about narrative. As this example plays out, to make my point, that line would be where the reporting ends in our hypothetical example here. However, in this example, many people might be viewing the legacy media saying this and would take that statement at face value without visiting the direct source of information. In this specific example, that direct source would only require the viewer to come directly to this website and episode to read the article and listen to the podcast for themselves to get the whole truth, rather than taking the word of some talking head spinning a narrative on cable television. I've always wondered why people just accept a third-party opinion. Why not find out the truth for yourself by going directly to the source? Those previous two questions were were rhetorical. I already know the answer. The answer is because of human nature. Remember at the beginning of this episode when I said I would come back to discuss more about the manipulation of human nature. Well, the previous two questions are the perfect lead lead to dive right into that topic. You see, when society has allowed itself to fall victim to deception, then society sets itself up for some serious pain and suffering. One such narrative involving deception is this idea that we as a society need a lot more government to fix our problems. This belief is is a huge fallacy and is, in fact, the very thing I was referencing when I said that humans, as a species, are so insane that they will line up to finance their own destruction. The centralization of power and authority has gotten completely out of control here in the United States, and with the world for that matter, with the federal government and legacy media outlets. This, by its very nature, is the perfect example of the manipulation of human nature and the level of insanity it can lead to when people fall asleep at the will of reality, which also happens to be a key attribute in the makeup of human nature. If you don't believe me, then you don't have to look any further than the federal treasury, pointing out that the federal spending totaled $6.27 trillion in 2022, which was equal to a whopping 25% of the entire GDP of the United States. Source, treasury.gov. This is an absolute staggering number, particularly when comparing it to the fact that it's increased at almost 5%, from 21.8% since 1990. In order to absorb the gravity of this, you need to think about the fact that the federal government has grown to be one-fourth the size of the entire GDP, with a standing national debt of $31-plus trillion and counting. By the way, that national debt number increases by a million dollars literally every 40 seconds. If you don't believe me, simply click here on the U.S. National Debt Clock Uh, For my listening audience, check the article podcast to grab this link by scrolling down and watch the U.S. national debt ticker on the top left-hand side while breaking out your stopwatch to time it for yourself. I've literally done this, and it takes about 40 seconds for our country to accrue another million dollars in national debt. 
The reason the federal government is 25% of the entire GDP of the United States is because of the $31-plus-trillion-dollar debt. So we've spent this amount of money, and it's resulted in a more centralized bureaucracy, which has led to a lot of deception and trouble towards the American public. If it's not clear and obvious to you by now, this deception has to exist because the federal bureaucracy is clearly dependent on the massive spending of yours and my money in order for this Leviathan to continue along its seemingly endless growth pattern. Heading. Cogito ergo sum. The Latin cogito ergo sum in English translation means that, quote, I think, therefore I am, end quote. This concept is the lead-off principle of the famous French philosopher René Descartes. Descartes points out in this well-known tenet of Western philosophy that we cannot doubt our existence while we doubt. Basically, he's pointing out that by our basic ability to doubt, we are thinking, and because we are thinking, we are existing. This served to dismantle the philosophical thought of radical doubt that existed at the time. Radical doubt involved an extreme skeptical model of philosophy that served to question the possibility of knowledge and would even reject plausible knowledge that would fall under what most of us would consider to be very common sense. In my own view and interpretation, Radical doubt has seemingly risen again with the likes of postmodernism and the rise of Orwellian culture in our current environment. In short, as a philosophy, postmodernism looks to reject concepts of rational thought, objectivity, and widely accepted universal truths. Basic postmodernism is simply a philosophy that has picked up the mantle in our modern era where radical doubt had left off. It is my view that the reemergence of philosophies with the likes of radical doubt and postmodernism serve to be weapons that are used by corrupt opportunists in order to push forward a variety of narratives that sow the environment of division and ignorance into the public square so that it's then easier for corrupt opportunists to inject the concept of a problem into society. Of course, this introduction of a, quote, problem, end quote, by corrupt opportunists will naturally lead to a societal reaction, and ultimately that will result in the corrupt opportunists being able to offer their own solutions to impose on the divided populace. Remember the plan of problem, reaction, and solution. In terms of societal structure and societal systems, this serves to be the blueprint for bad actors to leverage and weaponize certain philosophical perspectives in order to gain in order to obtain goals that benefit the corrupt and powerful. If you don't believe me, then all you have to do is evaluate the prevailing false narratives of the past three years and look at which of these narratives were are accurate. I don't have the bandwidth to list all of them, but ask yourself which of these few narratives that have been sold hard to the public live up to their, quote, sold to the public, end quote, meaning by the administrative state. Number one, safe and effective. Number two, inflation is transitory. Number three, questioning the definition of a woman. Number four, questioning the definition of a man. Number five, safe drinking water in East Palestine, Ohio. Number six, student loan forgiveness. Number seven, two weeks to slow the spread. Number eight, the southern borders of the U.S. are safe. The answer is that none of the, quote, sold to the public End quote, meanings of these narratives make any sense. It's because these narratives were leveraged 
in the same way as the Orwellian newspeak was carried out, as George Orwell explains in his infamous dystopian novel, 1984. Heading from Enlightenment to Regression. Quote, There is a war being waged against our way of life. That is progress in today's world. If it's progress you want, then don't vote for me. I am the opposite of progress. I'm the wall that it bashes against, and I will not be the one who breaks. End quote. John Dutton. The period during the English Civil War has brought about the Age of Reason. During this time, the thought process of how society should be structured in terms of the scientific, political, and philosophical discourse was completely turned on its head. Source, British Library. If we look at the strides Western civilization has made as a result of the period considered to be the Age of Reason, it's absolutely incredible. I mean, during this time, you have to understand the reason behind this was because those two very words consisting of, quote, reason, end quote, and, quote, understanding, end quote, very much became part of the time period's lexicon as it pushed back on older traditions and ways of doing things to usher in this entirely new way of thinking. I mean, in order for you to better grasp the significance of this during the Enlightenment, there were major shifts in culture happening that had not ever been seen or considered before. The results of these changes during this period of time were immense in bringing forward the emphasis on individualism, exploration, and scientific endeavors, which completely brought about the emergence of the modern world as we've come to know in much of our lifetimes. Many of these great minds of this era were starving to escape what they saw as centuries of political and governmental tyranny and were hungry to break away from this horrific model to instead place the emphasis on personal freedoms and happiness, which would center around society's smallest minority being the individual. One such thought leader that wanted to usher in this new era was John Locke. Locke's writings in his two treaties of government in 1689 strongly advocated for the separation of church and state. It also emphasized and advocated for religious toleration, property ownership rights, and the hard agreements on governments to recognize the rights of the people, which falls directly in line with the thought process of protecting the individual from the mob. Now, if you live in the Western Hemisphere, given what I just explained, if you didn't know before, you now know that you most likely have been able to, at least partially, enjoy living in the type of society as Locke envisioned for many years up until the past three years. Contrast Locke's advocacy and vision to the direction that the current political and cultural environment is trying to move society underneath with the watchful eye and physical boot of Big Brother, Big Tech, Big Medical, and Big AI. This is a huge attempt to shift society from an era of great enlightenment back to an era of governmental tyranny that's even far more intrusive and worse than anything Locke advocated against during his time in history. Unlike the tyranny, most of the great thought leaders such as Locke had studied and witnessed in their time, the current zeitgeist of our time is ushering in a type of tyranny that is completely cloaked under the veil of technology, so-called medical necessities, manipulated and controlled currency, and information warfare. What I just explained by comparing the Enlightenment with the current direction of global totalitarianism perfectly illustrates how powerful the art of deception can be. This can easily 
be observed when the partnership of government and media end up driving a narrative so powerful that they manage to lull the world populace to sleep while they are actively trying to usher in a one-world government that is nothing less than completely hostile to the rights of the individual. Heading, the wrap-up. When examining the current landscape of information and how that information is disseminated, there's no question that major players in the industry of media are utilizing the art of deception at every turn to move and shift the narrative that they want to thrust upon the rest of society. Their efforts have been surprisingly effective. This has been particularly true over the past three years with their efforts to persuade the general public to give up on their freedoms, their money, and even threatening their very existence by getting the populace to trust in the growing centralized control of all of our major institutions. They've even succeeded in getting people to treat their fellow citizens who've been skeptical of these institutions in government, medical, finance, etc. as enemies. They did this by sowing that very seed of division and ignorance that I mentioned earlier in the episode with the weaponization of certain nefarious philosophies that are hostile towards the great philosophies that John Locke and Descartes ushered in during the Age of Reason from the Enlightenment. With that being said, it is my goal to be a contributor in helping to push and shape the narrative of the next Enlightenment or this current Great Awakening to remind you and the rest of society the importance of our ability to strive towards understanding and reason so that we can cut the corrupt opportunities off at the knees to prevent us from going backwards into another era of governmental totalitarianism. This will require discernment, and it's my belief that if we can continue to spread this message of the Great Awakening, that we will win more people over to seeing and understanding exactly what the great thought leaders of our past were able to discover. I hope you enjoyed today's article podcast. If so, I really need your help to push this piece out to your friends, family, and co-workers. In order for both you and me to influence and strengthen our society, we must not stay idle. So please make sure you hit the subscribe and share buttons here below. Spreading messages like this one is how we influence our culture, and I need your help in order to do it. Also, listen to this episode here on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Pocket Cast. If you like this podcast and message, please take a moment to give it a five-star rating on the Spotify platform. Also, to connect with me, please make sure you join me on here on Twitter, Facebook, and Getter. Stay strong, stay focused, stay active. Have a great day.